Hello and welcome to Monday's podcast for the Thy Kingdom Come series. This recorded for the season between Ascension and Pentecost. My name is Scott. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Don't we say these words often and easily? These are comfortable words. What do they mean and how uh, are they done? Some years ago, I gave a talk for which I needed to construct something rather big to help get the message across more clearly. I'm hoping uh, there'll be a picture available on the website alongside uh, the text for this podcast, uh, if I can find it in time. Because what I made was a large, flat, wooden heart painted in bright red gloss paint and split into two equal parts down the middle. It had brackets on the back of each so that each half could be attached onto either arm of a six-foot wooden cross that uh, we have at church. The end result was uh, our cross holding the two large parts of this broken heart, but in such a way that these two halves could slide together, um, thus making a complete and unbroken heart. The intention uh, was for a demonstration of thy kingdom come and God's will being done in the healing of broken hearts. And it went well. Uh, everything went smoothly and nothing fell over, nothing fell off. What I did next uh, in the, the talk was more edgy. Uh, it sparked a reaction, uh, both in church and in the town. Uh, more of that in just one moment. Uh, firstly, however, let me tell you of a message on our answer machine when I re returned home that morning from church, having done this presentation. A church regular, a lady who has since moved away from the area, had left a message which went something like this. Scott, I'm just back from church and I really liked your message this morning. Please, could you give me a ring as soon as you get in? Well, who wouldn't respond uh, straight away to a message like that? I called the lady and uh, she wondered if I could possibly pop round and see her. She didn't live far away and, of course, I obliged going around straight away. She was delighted that I had come round and explained that she had seen this marvellous large wooden red heart and the way that it came in two parts and then became one part and it attached so smoothly onto our wooden cross. 
This, she said, was so clever and well put together. Then she said, I realise that you must be quite a practical sort of chap and perhaps you could help me. You see, I've just bought this new Hoover from Argos and I cannot get it to work. Could you possibly have a look at it for me? Well, for the record, yes, my ego was a little bruised and somewhat to my surprise, I did get the Hoover to work. What was the next thing I did with the heart on the cross back in the morning service? What else was there to say about the coming of God's kingdom and the will of God being done? There was something else I had done with these hearts. I had also put red Velcro pads placed all over both sides of the broken heart and onto these I attached signs, labels, names of types of people who both need and receive the love of God. The love of God is relentless and is offered to all. We say such things in church. The love of God is offered to all. Which one of us would object to such a claim? The signs were attached to the top of the heart and gradually more and more were added, going down both sides until the heart was covered with those who are offered the love of God through the will of God and the sacrifice of God's broken heart on the cross. The signs started with you and me and brother, sister, mother, father, all safe and comfortable signs, young, old, rich, poor, employed, unemployed, bullies, Criminals, adulterers, cheats, burglars, liars, prostitutes, vandals, paedophiles. You can perhaps guess why. That now there was a reaction to some of those labels chosen to go onto the heart of the cross. A reaction both in the church and yes, in the town. To argue that the love of God is available to all these people, that's a real stumbling block on the journey of faith. Yet this is what the Gospels claim. This is how Jesus lived out his life. We state a belief in the kingdom of God shown through a love without limits even when we want the limits to be there. There are no bounds to the love of God. There are no limits to the love of God. Try all we like to put God in a box and make God in our image. It doesn't work. And this love of God is relentless. It pursues us 
to the grave and beyond. It reaches out to every label on that heart. It reaches out even to me and to you. An elderly member of my family who died some years ago took issue with my faith. He could accept that there was a God, but not the Christian God. He explained that he had tried in his long life to lead a good life. He had gone straight from school to work, had worked throughout his long life. He had fulfilled his commitments. He kept his promises to his wife and his family, but others hadn't. He knew others who had not worked hard or had not kept their vows or done their bit. What sort of God would love them and forgive them? What sort of God accepts the criminal on the cross next to him? The God of the prodigal son was not a God for my elderly relative, whose honesty I still admire. One day I had a dream, a vision, call it what you like. The dream took me just beyond the time of my death. I had left this life, this tiny part of the kingdom of God trapped in space and time, and I was now entering the afterlife, fast and free. And I was not alone. To my left, a long line of people like me and you entering the full kingdom of God. A line so long, it went beyond the eye could see. Likewise to my right, a line so numerous and so long as beyond comprehension. There we all were walking together, side by side across open land, into the fullness of the kingdom of God. I spied a long way down the line, amongst all these people, a face I recognised, but someone I would confess I did not like. How? How did he get in here? That question, rattling around in my head, how did he get in here? But just at that moment, he turns and catches sight of me, and I recognise in his face that same question. As he looks at me, how did he get in here? There are no bounds to the love of God. Each evening in this lockdown, there has been a Compline shared on our computers on Zoom normally at eight o'clock. If you have seen the invite, feel free to come. If you have not received an invite, but wish to come, please email me and we will sort it. A few days ago, Alex chose Psalm 24 as the Psalm for the evening. It starts like this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. 
He founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Let's ask that same question with different words. Who is allowed into the kingdom of God? And the answer in the psalm, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, not me and not you. Unless the love of God is so great, so boundless, so relentless that it searches and finds and forgives and makes us clean and pure. It takes all our broken hearts and makes them whole, for that is the will of God. The last sermon before our church and our world went into lockdown, highlighted the new world mantra message calling us to wash our hands, to keep washing our hands, to make sure that we physically had clean hands. The sermon reminded us that whilst This message seemed new. The gospel message has always called us in confession and prayer and worship to have spiritually clean hands and a heart that is pure. The love of God is boundless. Its power and willingness to clean and purify reaches out to me and to you. In tomorrow's podcast, we will look at the prayer that seeks this kingdom of God, that desires this will of God, and how this shows itself in God's desire to forgive us our sins, to clean our hands and purify our hearts. For tomorrow, we look at the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thank you.